0: It's just something that we we just always wanted to do and we always kind of had that um ability to you know bring everyone together but also like we just thought hey man this isn't you know when i'm done playing i'm not done playing i'm gonna stick around the game and wear some you know wear a uniform as long as i can
1: good evening and welcome to beautiful fredericksburg virginia and fredericksburg nationals baseball on the Frednance baseball network strike three and history in fredericksburg It's a no-hitter for the Fredericksburg Nationals. I love Fredericksburg. Big Fredericksburg guy. High drive, deep left center field. This ball is back, and it is way out of here. Folks, look, Fredericksburg fans are are, are heading back to the minor league ballparks. walk up grand slam. Can you believe it? Home plate umpire gives the all clear. Sun is shining. The fans are ready. It's time to play ball. Welcome on into another episode of This Week in Frednats, the official podcast of the Fredericksburg Nationals. I'm Eric Bramer. Opening day is getting ever closer. April 8th on the road at Delmarva. We'll see the Frednats take the field for the first time in 2022. And then a few days after that, Tuesday, April 12th, they'll have their home opener against the Carolina Mudcats here in Fredericksburg. In case you missed it last week, we did have some big baseball-related news that we shared. The 2022 coaching staff was announced by the Big League Washington Nationals. Gone is inaugural season manager Mario Lisone. Our congratulations to Mario, who moved up the player development system and is now the manager of the Wilmington Blue Rocks. Taking his place is Jake Lowry in his second year as a manager in the Nationals' player development system after a decade-long career as a player, first in the Cleveland organization and then finally with the Nationals. In fact, he spent a couple years with this franchise back when we were the Peanuts up in Woodbridge. He was a fan favorite then, and I have no doubt he'll be a fan favorite now. Rounding out the coaching staff, we have a couple former major leaguers. Joel Hanrahan, who once pitched for the Nationals and was an all-star twice over for the Pittsburgh Pirates, is the new pitching coach for the Fred Nats. The new hitting coach, another former major leaguer, Delwyn Young, who had a five-year career with the Dodgers and the Pirates. Carmelo Jaime comes on as an additional coach, a developmental coach, a role that did not exist for the Fred Nats last year, and returning in the two dugout positions, strength and conditioning coach Ryan Gross and athletic trainer Kirby Kraft. There's lots to be excited about for the Fred Nats going into their second season, and we figured now that it's official, we might as well talk to the manager. Jake Lowry. He's today's guest on the podcast. Jake, let me be the first to officially welcome you to the Fredericksburg Nationals. I know it's an exciting time for you. Uh, First, a full season minor league managerial job. How do you feel?
0: Feels good. Thanks for having me, Eric. Um, No, it feels good. I'm excited to be close to home in, uh, in Fredericksburg. And uh, I'm excited for a new, a new fresh season and uh, a full season at that. And uh, we're, we're, I'm, I'm really looking forward to it.
1: What excites you the most about uh, starting this new chapter in your career? Um, definitely being
0: in a full season um, and, uh, you know, obviously being close to home, you can't beat it. Uh, you know, I played close to home before, but this is way closer than, you know, Raleigh, North Carolina or Akron, Ohio. Um, so very, very excited about uh, seeing these guys, these young kids, um, you know, play the game of baseball to full season. Some of these guys for the first time playing a night game in professional baseball, and uh, we're going to let it ride, and we're excited.
1: Mentioned close to home, Uh, for those who don't know, you are from the greater Richmond area, Uh, went to school at JMU, and uh, so you have a lot of local times here, and you've decided to make your home where you grew up after your playing career ended. So uh, do you have any memories of spending time in Fredericksburg growing up?
0: Not really in Fredericksburg. Um, Definitely Northern Virginia, you know, the beach area, a lot of Richmond, uh, Roanoke, Salem, some of these places where we played, you know, travel ball uh, throughout the years, American Legion baseball. Um, But really looking forward to, you know, getting to know the city of of Fredericksburg. I've heard nothing but great things. Um, You know, the downtown scene and the the fans are second to none from what I hear. And uh, we're, you know, my family, obviously, like you said, you know, pretty close to home. So I'll have a lot of family and uh, friends. Uh, throughout the state, you know, meet at different places on the road or at home. So um, it's going to be fun, man.
1: Back half of your career was spent in the Nationals organization, including parts of two seasons with this franchise back when we were up in Woodbridge as the Potomac Nationals. Uh, I know that the ballpark here is a whole lot nicer than it was there, but what do you remember about your time with the Peanuts?
0: Uh, the Peanuts, man. Uh, nothing but good things, man, it's, especially after I, I, uh, I left the Indians and uh, was fortunate to sign with the Nationals. And uh, got to go, I went to Harrisburg for a little bit and then spent the rest of that summer of 16 with the peanuts at the Fitz. Um, it was good to be in that league again. I was a little bit older, um, had, you know, it was my sixth season, six full season. So I kind of knew some of the ballparks in the, in the travel area. Um, so I was able to kind of show some of the younger guys on the team, you know, I was kind of cultivated in that role of, you know, being an older veteran guy, um, especially in, in high A to kind of show them, show them the ropes, show them how to be a pro. Um, and I took that very serious, um, but you know the fits, man. We had a lot of good times. Uh, you know, I'm not, I'm not, I'm, I'm not sad about I'm not seeing that sun in my eyes when I was catching or hitting in left field um, anymore. But uh, no, I had nothing but good things about the fits. But really excited to be down in Fredericksburg with the new ballpark and you know everything that goes with it.
1: Yeah, this place is pointed in the right direction. I think you'll really enjoy it. Uh, you alluded to it. Your time in Potomac was spent as kind of the elder statesman of that playing group. At what point in your career did the prospect of coaching or managing first enter into your mind?
0: Honestly, probably from the beginning. Um, my dad was a you know, my dad was a high school coach in Virginia for 36 years. He's fourth all time in wins um, in the state, of Virginia. Um, so kind of, it's always been in my blood. Um, you know, what, you know, when I was first playing, I kind of cultivated and, um, probably meshed well with the coaches on uh, any level that I was at, uh, whether it was with the Indians or the nationals and obviously being a catcher, you're always, you know, kind of with the pitching coach, you're kind of with the hitting coach, but you're a lot of times with the manager. Um, so, you know, guys like Trip Keister, Matt Croy, that are in our system, um, these guys kind of help form, um, you know, really close bonds with these guys where I was able to, um, you know, kind of talk about the game and see it in a different, uh, a different realm than maybe the, the pro typical professional player. Um, but really when I got with the nationals, like, you know, I really wanted to play and I, I obviously continue to play. Um, but you know, like you said, you know, I kind of knew my role in different spots, different parts of the year. Um, and I, and I, and I kind of, you know, got to the point where I was able to see like, Hey man, this could be a career, um, a full-time career when I'm done playing. Um, but, You know, these guys really helped me and kind of, you know, took me under their wing and showed me different things. Hey, when you're a manager, you're going to do this. And I was just like, oh, I'm not playing anymore. No, no, I am still playing. Okay, got it. But, you know, they kind of joked around with it. And and obviously it's turned into something that I'm really proud of and to continue to do.
1: You mentioned a couple names of managers who are currently in the Nationals organization: Triple A Rochester manager Matthew LeCroy, and then Double A Harrisburg manager Trip Keister, both of whom spent time with this franchise when they were the Potomac Nationals. How much communication <clears throat> is there between the managers of different levels? Of course, you were in short season ball, rookie level last year, but uh, I'm sure that people talk over the course of the season. Oh, no doubt.
0: Um, especially with those guys that have, you know, have done a Florida complex league. Um, they've been at a lower levels before they kind of understand, you know, what you're going through. And obviously as you send guys up throughout the season or you get a rehab guy, Hey man, check on this, watch this. But no, we, we, we're definitely in a constant communication um, throughout the season of just kind of seeing, you know, Hey, what did the, what did you do when this situation arose? Um, you know, how, how do, how's the team looking? How are you guys feeling? Um, you know, day game after a night game or a long road trip, you guys give them days off, you know, different things that we kind of, you know, we all kind of try different things. And I think Bobby Henley is going to bring that, um, you know, with the, with the managers, we all kind of talk, we're all going to be together in spring training, um, you know, running things by each other, but definitely a communication, just like it would be, you know, as, as players.
1: Matthew Lee Croy was a catcher during his playing career. And as you said, there's just something about catchers that uh, tend to make them good managerial candidates. Uh just beyond the proximity that the catchers have to the coaches when you're talking strategy, what is it about the catchers that make them such good managers?
0: Well, I think the communication process of it, you know, you're communicating constantly with, like I said, with, with uh, staff members, um, you know, your, your bullpen guys, your, your starting pitchers, obviously you're with the hitters as well. Um, And you, you get to see the game from, you know, a different perspective. You're, you're right behind the dish. You're, you're in every play. Um, there's no angle to it. You know, you're not playing third base where it's a different angle. You know, you're right in the action all the time. Um, but, yeah, I, th- I just think the communication part and the managing part of the game, you know, I always found, you know, it was a great um, respect but also a good feeling of kind of managing the game. Like, hey, man, we just, you know, we, whatever pitch count, pitch se- sequences, um, you know, trying to run the game like a quarterback behind the plate, but also t- taking that alleviation off the manager of, hey, man, I got it. You know, I'll, I, whatever you want, I can do it um and kind of giving those guys a a sense of you know at ease feeling but um yeah I just think I don't know man it's 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 just a baseball thing a lot of managers have been former catchers and um you know I, I think that trend
1: will continue I try to resist the term backup catcher in minor league baseball because everyone has a role and everyone is doing something at some point but you had I think it's safe to say a partial workload your final couple years of your career And uh, I'm sure you spent a lot of time down in the bullpen, uh, warming guys up and doing stuff like that. There's an element of coaching to that as well, almost like the major league role of a a bullpen coach, right?
0: Oh, absolutely. You know, obviously, earlier in my career, I was, you know, I was more of a prospect and, you know, played all the time. Um, But, you know, to find a way to play, you know, a long time, like, you know, I played 10 seasons. You got to find a way to stick around and you got to do something good. You got to do something well. Um, so I think, like we said, you know, I think my communication and, and being a leader and, and kind of showing leading by example, even if I was playing once every two weeks or whatever it was, and it gets, you know, get, if you produce, it's always, a, you know, icing on the cake. Right. So, um, but yeah, you're down in the bullpen for most of your time. Um, you're, you're, you're constantly having conversations with these guys, um, trying to pick their brains, what they like to do. And honestly, it's like, you know, these guys a little bit better than maybe the starting catcher because you're with them a little bit more often. Um, but, yeah, the, the ability to kind of, you know, mesh with the starters, the relievers, the closers, you know, mid-relief guy, any, any of these type of guys, it just seems like as a backup catcher or a guy that's, you know, a part-time player that they kind of have a little bit better relationship. And it's not always the case, but a lot of the times it is.
1: <laughs> I know the answer to this, but I'd like you to list a couple of guys that you played with during your career that have stayed a part of your life through those bonds that you created in the clubhouse or in the bullpen.
0: Uh, Aaron Barrett, um, probably definitely a, a top one, Dakota Backus, um, you know, obviously former nationals, some guys with the Indians that are now coaches, Justin Toole, uh, Jordan Smith, some of these guys i played with, um, throughout my time that, you know, maybe didn't make it to the big leagues, but, um, are now in the coaching realm and, and the coaching side, managing side of things. Um, so it's fun to stay around the game. I feel like a lot of us that have had it in our blood and kind of coaching in our blood, you know, whether it was a, a, a dad or somebody that kind of kept us in the game, um, it's just something that we, we just always wanted to do. And we always kind of had that um, ability to, you know, bring everyone together. But also, like, we just thought, hey, man, this isn't, you know, when I'm done playing, I'm not done playing. I'm going to stick around the game and wear some, you know, wear a uniform as long as I can.
1: I try and stay in the loop and talk to people. And as I understand it, had there been a 2020 minor league season, you would have been here in Fredericksburg, kind of in a hybrid player coach role under Trip Keister. Now, obviously that didn't happen, but uh, take me through that process, how that was pitched to you, and then what you ended up doing in lieu of a season that year. <laughs>
0: uh, yeah, so I don't know if I was going to play. I was kind of, kind of be more of a coach, but I was signed as a player. So um, obviously nothing happened. So it didn't, you know, it just counted as another year as playing. So I'll take it. Um, but uh, yeah, I was going to be with Trip, and we were going to, you know, I was going to really, I was really looking forward to learning, um, you know, on the other side of things with him, basically on the other side of the fence um, and uh, learn how to, you know, what, what, what he goes into daily preparation for a game, you know, game planning, um, you know, scheduling, things like that. Um, but obviously, you know, pandemic happened, but you know, the good, there was always, there's always, a you know, silver lining. So I got to be home. My daughter, um, she was born in December of 2019. So, you know, in reality, I got to be home with my son and my daughter a little bit more than I would have, you know, during a season, um, you know, obviously there was no baseball, but you still got to watch the boys on TV for, you know, two and a half months, which, which was nice. Um, but no, I was, I just kind of stayed home and, uh, try to stay safe and, you know, be, be home and be a dad as much as I could. I've never been home in the summer for probably, you know, 15, 16 years, which is a little weird, but, um, you know, I got to know my neighbors a little bit better and, um, you know, just kind of be home. And then I, you know, I was doing some work at a baseball Academy and and then the the Nats came calling for the uh, Florida complex league and the, you know, the rest is history. And I'm, you know, just springboard off of that.
1: There aren't too many industries in this world where being young can be considered a knock against you, but baseball managing tends to be one of them. If only because people, when they imagine a baseball manager, they picture someone old and grizzled and, you know, <laughs> who's seen thousands of games you're going to be, there's no way around it. You're going to be pretty young for a manager and uh, though you'll be older than the players that you're coaching, if someone comes down on a rehab, they might be older than you. So, how do you handle that lack of experience, uh, at least in terms of establishing that first impression?
0: Oh, that's funny. Uh, yeah, that's good though. Um, no, I, I had a couple guys in, in the in the Florida Complex League. Obviously, you know, it's not a full season team, but you know, we had some guys that, a ton of guys I played with that you know were coming down there off of COVID rehab or you know, rehabbing an injury or whatever it was, Alex Avila, Austin Voth, some of these guys, you know, that I played with or played against. And it was like, what's up, man? Yeah, I'm the skipper. And they're like, oh, cool. You know, so <laughs> um, but no, man, I'm excited. I mean, I think that part is uh, is appealing, especially some of these guys that, have, you know, they know that I just played, you know, not too long ago. And it's not it's not a knock on older guys or anything. But um, the fact that they know, like, you know, kind of like what we you know, what what I've gone through, and what they've gone through, and I can relate to them. And I think they have that trust factor. And um, just talking about being like a, you know, a player's manager, um, you know, these guys will know the expectations, you know, that doesn't mean they won't play hard and, you know, I'm not going to you know get on them when they have to, but, you know, at the same time I can, I can lend an ear. I can, you know, I, I can be a vent. They can vent to me, whatever it is. Um, you know, cause it's, like I said, like low A is a very important level for any organization, but especially with us, you know, getting that foundation back. But um, yeah, I'm, I'm excited. I think those guys will know, you know, as a younger guy that, they can relate a little bit. I can, I can talk to Lingo a little bit. And I think with some of our coaches, coaches that we have too, these guys played at a super high level um, and they're young as well, you know, in the baseball world. And I think,
1: I think we're going to mesh really well. To jump from the complex league to full season ball is a jump that, goes beyond just the curveballs being a little bit tighter and everyone being a little bit faster as you said before it's the fact that people are playing in front of fans sometimes for the first time you're playing under the lights you're going on real road trips to different cities and I know you went through that as a player how can that experience help you help these players that are going to be wearing a Fred Nats uniform and going through all that for the first time
0: well I think it'll be It'll be an exciting time. It'll also be a learning curve for some of these guys, like you said, especially with not being a short season. You know, sometimes you you come out of college, you come out of the draft, you get that short season where it's like you said, you get some night games, you get a road trip, you get you get a little bit of everything. And then, you know, springboarding into your, you know, your next year, your first full season, you kind of got that, but we don't have that level anymore. So um, I'll be able to lean on those experience and help those guys, you know, realize, Hey man, it's a marathon. It's, you know, you're going to have good weeks. You're going to have bad weeks. You'll have good stretches. You'll have bad stretches. You'll have times we don't even know what's going on. You'll have times when you, you know, the ball looks like a beach ball. Um, So for me is to just kind of relay those messages of what I've gone through, you know, what Delwin's gone through, what Joel, these guys have all been through things like that where we'll be able to, you know, Hey man, it trust us, trust the process. It's going to be fine. We're going to help you out. There's, you know, there, there's nowhere else to go. We got you. You know what I mean? So, um, I, I think, you know, showing these guys how to, you know, how to perform on a road trip, you know, for six days, then you get an off day. You know, you look forward to different things, you, you know, playing a day game after a night game, whatever it is, it's something that you can't really teach until you go through it. So, I think a lot, it'll be a lot of learning uh, for some of these younger players, but I think they're going to, they're going to be fine with it. They're going to strive with it. It's going to be fun, man.
1: Your mom, Lori, is a high school Spanish teacher. And uh, that's obviously a big part of contemporary minor league managing because so many players come from beyond the United States border. How's your Spanish? It's
0: uh, above average. I think if you ask a lot of the players, I think they, they know that I can speak it. They definitely know I understand it. Um, you know, they, they, a lot of these you know, Latin American guys, they just want to think that they're, they're not alone and they can, that, that somebody else is trying with them. Um, so it may not be perfect but I do ask my mom a lot of things, you know, I, I asked her about different, you know, how to say this, how to say that besides something in Google whatever. Um, so she helped me tremendously, but from the start, man, that was something I leaned on and was able to kind of pick up, especially being a catcher and the communication. Um, it's been fun to kind of even learn it as you go and get better and better every year, which I try to do. So um, I'm excited. I know these guys know, um, especially down in Florida, these guys knew that I knew what was going on and I can understand stuff. So they had to watch what they said. But um, now it's going to be it's, it's good, though.
1: Well, let me go through the checklist here. Your dad is one of the winningest high school baseball coaches in the state of Virginia. Your mom is a Spanish teacher and they made you a catcher. You can't ask for much more than that.
0: Yeah, man. Yeah. So there was, you know, it's just something that we um, it, like I said, it's something that was kind of in my blood. And and uh, I just want to continue to, you know, make people proud and, and, and continue to you know, strive to get better every year and, and move up the ladder, whatever it is. But um, this is a, this is going to be a great time in Fredericksburg.
1: Your wife's a teacher, and I understand here this off season at least you're doing some substitute teaching yourself. There are some obvious parallels between <clears throat> managing players and teaching students. So, uh, how do you find that job uh, compared to your day job?
0: Um, well, it's it's good now that I'm a, a full time staff member. But when I was playing, you know, you don't get paid in the off season as a as a player. So, you know, once I finished my degree, you know, my wife's, like you said, my wife's a teacher. So it was, I was able to kind of stand the same hours as her. And I was like, you know what I can sub, I can, you know, I'm in the same hours and I can do my training, whatever it is. Um, and then I've, I've honestly just been doing it every year. And even as a full-time, you know, staff member at the nationals, I was just like, I got, I picked up a long-term PE job. And um, it was something I was like, you know what I've, it's fine. I'll do it. No problem. Um, my department's been great. Um, they understand obviously what my real job is, but um, yeah, you're right. You're teaching kids just like you're, you know, you're teaching, you're teaching students of the game. Right. Um, so it's been fun to kind of try to, you know, you, you cultivate everyone together um, whether you're explaining a lesson or what, whatever we're doing in PE or whatever we're going over and help. It's just kind of the same thing with baseball. It's like, Hey, this is our schedule for the day. This is what we're going to roll with. This is how we're going Uh, we're gonna knock this out. We're gonna get better at this, you know, no, no time to get better than the present. And then, you know, then we get to play a game. So it's kind of like (laughs) P
1: thinking back to my own time in school. I can't think of anyone more well-liked on the administration (laughs) than the substitute gym teacher. I mean, that's gotta be the greatest gig in the world. If you're going to be subbing, what kind of stuff do you do?
0: Oh man, we do. We've we're, we're in our badminton right now. Um, so we're going over badminton. Uh, we don't have enough paddles, so we're doing some, uh, we're doing pickleball as well. So we're doing some net games inside. We've gone over volleyball. Um, You know, we've picked a different, a couple of different games in the morning where our first periods are a little different than the rest of the, the classes. So I've had a great staff. Um, they've been super helpful in a, in a, in a trying time for their department with some people that have left the department for other reasons. But um yeah, I, I finished instructional league and like four days later I was you know, Mr. L at uh, James River High School. So that's how I roll, man.
1: <laughs> What's the timeline looking like for you moving forward as we get closer to spring training? When do you go down to West Palm Beach?
0: <clears throat> um, so I, I'm going to sub for one more week. Um, the 28th would be my last day. And then we'll kind of, um, I would say right after the Super Bowl would be our time to kind of get down to down to West Palm and whether we do an early camp a little bit beforehand. And I don't know what the exact dates. I think spring training will start, you know, 20th, 21st, something like that, of February. Um, you know, kind of go through there and and be down there for about four or five weeks. And then we'll head right back up north and, uh, you know, get ready for the season in Fredericksburg.
1: I want to finish things up by turning the attention as I know you like to do towards the players that you'll be managing. And uh, if you look at last year's complex league roster, I think it's safe to say that that might be a preview of what Fredericksburg fans can look forward to here in 2022. And with the understanding that rosters are far from set in stone, uh, I just want to hear your thoughts on some of the guys you saw last year who really impressed you and uh, might make an impression here in Fredericksburg this upcoming season. Yep. Like, like
0: you said, we don't, obviously I don't know the rosters or what's going to happen. Um, but, you know, we, we had a great draft, um, you know, last two years, especially last year with, you know, shortstop Brady house, Dale Lyle, TJ white, and a, and a bunch of college arms that are, you know, fireballers. A lot of those guys obviously, you know, made their debut in Fredericksburg, um, you know, and obviously Darren Baker, guys like that. They got to move up pretty quickly. Steven Williams, some of these guys, you um, and we got, you know, some guys that played with me for the whole year, Sammy Infante, you know, shortstop second baseman, um, second rounder of the year before, um, and, and, and some other players, but hey man, we've got a good nucleus of guys, um, I don't know who will be there, but um, I know we had a good draft, and hopefully these guys will make their, Fred, you know, their, uh, their Fred Nass debut at some point, but Man, it, it was fun to watch after the draft, getting some guys that, you know, some real some real boppers and some guys to play some defense and, you know, kind of gave us a jolt kind of a little bit. Obviously, the draft is a little different. It was in July. Um, so I would say the second half of the season or so. Um, but no, man, we're looking forward to it, whoever's on our squad and, and um, you know, represent Fredericksburg best way we can.
1: There's no way around it. Of course, it's going to be a 30-man roster for the Fred Nats on opening day. But if Brady House is on it, it's going to turn some heads because he was the first round draft pick last year out of high school. And he's one of the top prospects in baseball. What were your first impressions of him seeing him facing professional opposition for the first time last year?
0: Oh man, no doubt. He's huge too. So, um, you know, I had to look up to him, you know, as a 17, 18 year old kid, but no, he's uh, he's, he's smooth. You know, a lot of guys say, you know, the scouts of people around the game say they made he might shift over to third base, but Honestly, man, he made every play at shortstop. You can, you know, on the run, in the hole, um, flashed a good arm whenever he needed to, um, ran the baseballs hard out, and, uh, man, he showed some power. You know, that was, that was probably my biggest impression is, obviously, as a high school kid, I put myself in that position. I was like, there's no way I'd be doing this in pro ball. You know, I went to college and couldn't even do that sometimes. But, now his power, he, he hit balls line to line. He had a good two-strike approach. Um, you know, I think he got in his legs a little bit more in, in instructional league and, and used his power that he didn't even know he had. Um, but no, man, he made every play kind of reminds me of like a, a or a Cal Ripken, a little bit taller, uh, shortstop. And, you know, who knows where he ends up playing with the nationals, but, you know, at some point, man, it, it, if he's in Fredericksburg, it's going to
1: be nice. It's gonna be fun to watch, put him out there at the six hole every day. Finally, I want to ask you about your coaching staff. A couple of former major leaguers will be helping you with the administration of the 2022 Fred Nats and uh, some outside hires as well. I don't expect that you know them all that well, but uh, what are you looking forward to and working with those folks?
0: No, Joel, you know, you know, Joel started his career with the Nationals. Um, you know, he's got 100 saves in the big leagues. I mean, I, I think he knows a little something about pitching. Um, but no, he's a guy that I know he's, you know, he's been a star, he's been a reliever, he's been hurt, he's been an all-star. He, he's kind of been everything in the game. I know he's with the Pirates. I think I played against him when he was, uh, coaching Altoona in 19. Um, but no, heard nothing but great things about him. Looking forward to, you know, meeting, meeting him and, and, and obviously being a guy that's going to be in the dugout with me full time. And, and then Delwin Young, I think it's gonna be great with the hitters, man. We, you know, we, I think we got a good gel of, of guys in, in uh, you know, age wise um, help out young guys, guys that are coming back, you know, maybe for the second year in Fredericksburg or guys that are, it's gonna be their first year. I think, the, the staff, the knowledge, the, the ability these guys, he played in a long time. Um, I think we're going to put our heads together and, and have a good staff of um, just guys that have been around and kind of, kind of understand the game, the highs and lows of the game and you know try to keep these guys as consistent as we can and put a great product on the field.
1: Well, we appreciate the time here, Jake. Thanks for coming on the podcast. I know we're excited for 2022, but uh, i guessing that pales in comparison to your level of excitement to getting things going and uh, getting your first full season minor league managerial job underway
0: absolutely man looking forward to it and uh can't wait to meet
1: in fredericksburg soon our thanks to jake lowry the incoming manager of the fredericksburg nationals for joining us on this week's this week in fred nats And our thanks to you for telling your friends and maybe even your enemies about the podcast. We've gotten great results so far, and we hope to keep this podcast growing, keep the momentum growing as well, as we prepare for opening day, which again is April 8th with the home opener, just a few days after that on Tuesday, April 12th. Many plans are on sale now for the 2022 season. Go to frednats.com for more information. Before too long, we'll have the promotional schedule out for you to take a look at, And then we will have the single game tickets on sale once we get closer to opening day. Next week, we'll have another exciting episode of This Week in Fred Nats. Until then, this is Eric Bramer signing off. Thanks for listening.